Gibbs, Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. Score. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, for the next two hours talking sports with you. And we appreciate you giving us at least some of your time here this morning into the afternoon. BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We're going to talk to Brian Walton from the CardinalNation.com at the bottom of the hour. Cardinals, I think, are going to be as busy, as active uh, here in the next six hours as maybe any team in MLB as they look to trade uh, some of their bats. Um, I don't think Arnold is going to be a part of it. Goldschmidt, maybe. Look, if you want to bring something back that's going to move the needles, you've got to give up something to get something, right? And we'll see if the Cardinals are willing to go down that road. Brian Walton covers them for the CardinalNation.com. He joins us at 1130. Uh, and then Mitch Holtis up at 1150 in his daily spot now with training camp reports. Papa John's in Central Iowa sponsor those. Today's sound will come from the QB himself, number 15. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mitch will join us on the Mahomes and training camp here at 10 minutes before noon. Pete Mundo owns Heartland College Sports, a website that continues to seek growth. He writes for it as well. And he's going to join us, get the latest on the Big 12 with Pete Mundo. Who's going to be that 14th team? Do they stop at uh, 16 or do they stop at 14? As we speak, George Klyakov, the um, commissioner of the Pac-12, is putting his cards on the table. What he has to show will be obviously a, uh, a, a go-a-long way in determining if Arizona's part of it. Look, if he had a deal, wouldn't he have showed Colorado last week? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, good yeah. God. We'll see if, uh, if indeed this does move the needle. I don't expect that it will. But I'm not rooting for the demise of the Pac-12. I am not. That was uh, That's bad. Uh, but that's big-time college athletics, sadly. And then J.P. Richardson will join us. He's the umpire that uh, that is uh, trying to find uh, officials, trying to find umpires to uh, make sure that these uh, games go off. And if they do, you need to have a referee, an umpire, someone that's going to call balls and strikes. And J.P. Richardson uh, is uh, behind that. And he'll join us for the, I think, this is the final time, Trent, before the yeah. J.P. is going to come in. I've enjoyed the first two. Hopefully he's got some uh, uh, some positive feedback on it and some folks have shown up and maybe going to, you know, part-time job. If it's too late for this year, think about next year. Well, there's fall ball. There is fall ball, but there's football. And there's And I'm signing up for tournaments for the 8U Tigers. Well, hold on a second. Oh, did yeah. You, did you get the gig? Head coach. I, you know, you didn't tell me that. I knew yeah, you. Yeah. I knew you interviewed. You had to sit before a board of how many? Twenty like, people? Thirty, maybe? Thirty people. It was a little intimidating walking in. I thought there would be two or three people there. So, were you the only one in the waiting room, or did would you got the call in, or did they let you see your competition? Well, they were all wrapped up, but I was calling a high school baseball game that oh, night. Oh, so you got a special dispensation yes. to come in afterwards? So they wrapped up. They waited for me. The game went long mm-hmm. and then longer. <laughs> Didn't get over there to the hitting cages until like 10.30. So I had 30 people waiting for me. Again, a little bit more difficult than that. Yeah. And then went through. But yeah, I'll be one of the eight U coaches. So excited about that. And Coach Condon. Now trying to figure out exactly what makes the most sense with those tournaments with the football schedule in front of us. But we'll make it work. We're going to have a fun That's time awesome. with it. Looking forward to it. And uh, having some great time with my daughter, Ella. I didn't who, know you got the gig. 
We got a lot of softball time last night in the backyard. Back home, yep. out of the mountains, and, yep. and we're back grinding once again. So two-a-days begin. We're <laughs> That's back at house. That's right. we got to get ready for softball. Practice starts next week, and, and really excited That's for it. That's unbelievable. Well, yeah. as you mentioned, there are still fall ball coming up. But look, if, if your schedule doesn't allow this year, make make some plans and mm-hmm. get some 411 uh, uh, information for, for next year. Maybe maybe that will uh, be more conducive to doing that. You've so got a son, point. a daughter that enjoys sports, a niece, a nephew, a younger person that's in high school, in college. Talk about a great summer job, too, yeah. where you can be out there. And young kids that, uh, us older guys, maybe take a little bit longer and you can't get five, six games over on a Saturday or Sunday. Right. You're a youngster. You got those young legs. You can handle the heat. Yep. Absolutely. That is a nice paycheck. And for somebody, I did that myself in college for a couple of years. Those were very nice paychecks to have. Mm-hmm. Now, it went right back to beer, but sure. you know how that works. But certainly, those were good checks to get in. A little bit better than my first job in college. I worked at the student union. I worked on the grill, making you were the you were the cook. I was the cook, grilling up hamburgers, doing that, mm-hmm. using the fryer, making fries, making mozzarella. How'd you sticks. smell at the end of your shift? Awful. I and then also my shift, <laughs> like I, grease. I had to change the grease. Oh, at the end, two times a week. Yeah, yeah had to make sure to hop in the shower after that one, and of course spilled from time to time. Yeah, yeah. making minimum Slide wage doing into that. The shower. Yeah, we very quickly moved on from that job, but. Umpiring, you're going to make a lot more than minimum wage, and you have a chance yeah, to make some, some really fun good money. Have yeah. some fun in it, too. So, uh, Central JP, Iowa Sports is where you can go for more information. Dot com, right? Yes. Uh, so, uh, J.P. Richardson, more on that coming up here at 1230. Speaking of money, the swarm cashed in. My Holy God. Cow. Hawkeye fans are drinking this beer uh, fifth, just to the tune of, what, north of $58,000 mm-hmm. in the month of July. Uh, obviously, football season's not here. Tailgating season has not arrived. What's that number going to look like in September, October? I would have to think that there's still room for growth, which is outstanding, because the money's going to... Look, it's big-time college athletics. Like it or not, it's not going back in the tube. Right? right? Yeah, yeah. It's, go- it's here to stay, whether the politicians want to get involved or not. And you can bet your bottom dollar that one of them will when it gets to be you know, coming up time to be back on that ballot and you need your name in the paper. and uh, you, so, so it's coming. Um, but uh, this is this is where we're at with college athletics. And now the swarm is going to turn over what if they if they reached 100000 so far. They're just shy of that, right? Because June yes. was a part month. Yes, $88,000 and change that has already been collected by the Swarm Collective. $88,000 in beer sales Beer sales alone, and that's that's wild. They have the vodka. Yep, that is also available, and I have heard very good things about that in terms mm-hmm. of what the money is coming in. Uh, I was talking to a couple uh, to Nick over at Exile, their marketing director, yesterday, and he mentioned to me the number was going to come out. He let the burnout. I didn't break any news or right. anything like that. I was letting the Swarm Collective do that, but he said it completely exceeded their expectations. And everybody at Exile, from the distributor, you know, plays like Doll distributing, right? right. They can't keep it in stock. Isn't that something? Every It doesn't matter if it's a bar, a restaurant, mm-hmm. a convenience store. All these places are asking for it, and they, they can't keep up. This is That's not a bad thing in the beginning, I no, don't think. It is so far exceeded the expectations, mm-hmm. talking to the people at Exile already, that they could have imagined. They did not anticipate mm-hmm. this. They're looking for more help. They're looking for people to be out there and almost all dedicated to 
Swarm. This is a great thing for both sides. It is. The XL brand, which was always good here uh-huh. in central Iowa. But sadly, you read about the XL brand lately, it's because of that lawsuit that's going on with Ruthie. Right. You, you have that or uh-huh. what? The uh, the homeless, homeless population. The homeless down there by, right. the, by their uh, restaurant and brewery, yeah. And, but people in eastern Iowa, there's so many breweries in the state. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have the same brand recognition across the state. Well, now it does. Oh, boy, I'll say. And, and now this thing is all over the place. You know, I'm from North Iowa, and hearing that, I brought it up right when it was released, brought a few cans back to people up there. And when I was hanging out with my family, everybody's asking the same thing. Hey, hey, can you bring some from us? They, they were, the thing wasn't even out for a week, and people are already asking. Well, now the distribution's yeah. up there, but they know Toppling Goliath. Decor, obviously, right. up in that neck of the woods, and that's what everybody talks about. And we got limestone brewing in, in Osage and places like that. But now Exile is a huge name across the state. Mission accomplished. Now it yes. was a good thing to have to, you know, to to um, the supply not being there in the beginning, mm-hmm. but it better be ready by the end of September, oh, the yeah. end of August, rather. Yeah, right. I mean, you should. Be, this, this state needs to be saturated uh, because there's still another level to get to. Which brings me to Iowa State, mm-hmm. Trent. I must be missing something. I have to be missing something on this story because I'm seeing bright people. People I consider to be, you know, something between the years who think that the more beer that's available, the more different brands, the better this is for Cyclone fans. No, it's not. No, it is absolutely not. And what are you thinking? The George Trice Foundation. George calls me two, three times here. Text me, to be honest. He doesn't call me, text me. Once airtime. In fact, when you were away last week, he was... um, they were doing when Ragbri came through Ames. Okay. Uh, the uh, Trice Foundation was going to do somewhat of a fundraiser uh, at Jack Trice the stadium when the bike riders going through. So I put them on the air. Happy to do it. Mm-hmm. Happy to do it. It's a wonderful cause, but a better cause is what Brent Bloom is trying to do with We Will because I just said it's big time college athletics. You are now splitting this pie three different ways. It has to be the athletes coming first. Because if we don't have that, and you're at the bottom feeder, look, I'm not saying that Iowa State is not safe in the Big 12. But if I would have told you five years ago that USC and UCLA are going to be part of the Big 10, we just don't know what lies ahead. Don't be left behind. And now you're splitting up the pies three ways. The clone fest, is that what it is? Yeah. Which I think is part of a, no, I know it's part of a uh, a legal settlement, uh, a trademark settlement, that that's why Iowa State, the university, is getting a little piece of that. But the George Trice Foundation, who I'm sure does good work, mm-hmm. but you go to their website, you know, where you know where their scholarships go, Trent? I don't know. Let me, let me clue you in a little bit here. They go to student, ath- or to student athletes, pro- help, providing them with a scholarship. Or at least part of which, right? That's great. It is great. In Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. You know what? If you want to have a George Trice beer, sell it in Ohio. Yeah. Right? Now, there's not much of a market, I'm going to guess, anymore in Ohio. Well, maybe not. It's a great story. But it's not a good thing to split the pie three-way. You know what, Trent? If I was to come in here, you know, I really hope we got some competition on 1700 from 11 to 1. And maybe 1350. While they're at it, they can find somebody to go up against us. The more competition, the better. That's BS. It's BS. All the money should be going to Bloom's cause. We will. You have to pay student athletes in football, in men's and college, men's and women's college basketball. This is the era that we're living with. This is a terrible idea. What am I missing? You're not missing anything. And the part of this that I continue to see from Iowa State fans, oh, great, it's another cause, another help. 
your limited fan base. The realistic scenario is in terms of fan base, and yes, it's huge here. I get mm-hmm. that. But in comparison to your Big 12 brethren, you're at the bottom of the heap. We see the donation list. USA Today, you look at the database, and every mm-hmm. single year, who's at the Although bottom of the list? Although it is up, but it, been, but it was, bar was real, real low. I think, yeah. I think that came out a couple of days ago, actually. They are at the bottom of the list seemingly every single year Toward in the terms bottom. of yep. donations. Yep. Every single year. Yep. This is not a large fan base. This is not a athletic department that is flush with money, that has the big-time donors that come in. Yes, we know a couple of the big-time donors that are there, but they're not plentiful. And not just the highest of the high, but that next tier. There isn't that next tier at Iowa State because there's not many lawyers that went to Iowa right. State. There's not many doctors. There's not many dentists. There's not many of those people that make up your next tier. Top 1%, they can hang with almost anybody in the country. Mm-hmm. We know that. Yep. Their top 1% is elite. But they're, I don't know, 20, 20th percentile to the 98th just isn't there. No. And we continue to see that. And it shows up in the database every single year. So now you're taking a smaller fan base that is not donated at the level as many others. And one thing that you But they drink do, like fish. They do. Right. But now you're splitting it three now ways. Now you're splitting it three ways. And, this, and I keep, this is a good thing. More options are better. No, that's not true. It's not true. The We Will was a tremendous idea, admittedly stolen. No, admittedly borrowed <laughs> yes. from the swarm. And Bloom did fully admit yeah, that. Absolutely. Um, and why wouldn't he? Um, the swarm wasn't the first time. They, they didn't come up with the concept, right. right? This wasn't their brainchild. They bored it. And Brent Bloom and company bored it. And you thought at the time, you know what, this is going to be maybe not at the level because we don't know about the distribution. I think their beer can pops. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, Bloom's um, beer can is phenomenal. I mean, it will jump off the shelves. But now there's going to be other options. There shouldn't be other options. And if there are other options that also went to the collective, great. Right. That's not the case. That's not the case. You're not paying student athletes when you're drinking the beer that the George Jack Trice Foundation, run by his nephew, George Trice. Again, happy to help him on the air when he wants airtime. We've done that multiple times. The Jack Trice story should be heard around college football. More people need to know about it. Sadly, uh, people are still learning about it. I get that part. It's a wonderful idea. But don't get into the beer wars. That's the worst thing you could possibly do. Come up with something to make money other ways. You can't split this pie any further. Whiskey. Whatever. Marijuana. Well, not here. Right. Never what, happened here. What's the stuff we that you can do here? I don't know. The dispensaries and what, whatever they are. Oh, the, the uh, well, you can get a medical marijuana license. Okay, you can get that. Yes. And you get a, I don't know what you'd call it. Clone buzz, something like that. Yeah, something, just right. whatever. Whatever. Well, you're, you're looking for def- mm-hmm. different revenue streams. Mm-hmm. And it's back to the drawing board again because Jesus. and those initial numbers that you initially thought we will probably thought they were going right. to get, whatever the numbers, X amount. Yeah. We thought it was going to be this. And then you see what happened with Clone Fest. That was already out there the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but now it is actually trademarked right. with the Iowa State And it's logo. going to be available at the Sukhope Center, as is the We Will brand. So you got um, back pocket out there. Yeah. All right, so that's going to cut into it yep. at some level. And then you have this. That's going to cut into it at some level. Yep. It's not what they need no. because they're already playing from behind. Yes. And though this idea, and we see the oh, financials with gosh. Iowa and what they're getting on the Swarm Collective, 88000 In two months. And not even a full two months. Mm-hmm. Basically a week of 
the first month, and now here of Find me a Hawkeye fan who thinks it would be a better idea to come up with a competition for Swarm Beer. All right, let's go to uh, another brewery over here, and you come up with one. Uh, you come up you know with a what? different style. You won't. No. Which tells you all you need to know. Okay, remove Hawkeyes, because I know when you hear the Hawkeyes in clothes, you get apoplectic. Use Cincinnati. Use whatever other school is also distributing a beer that thinks it's a good idea to dilute the pool. It is not. You don't want to split the pie. Enough on beer. I've said my what I have to say. And it just I, I have to be missing something, right? I don't think you are. I don't think I am no. either. I don't think I am. Marcus Stroman is missing the ability to pitch. Wow is he? That what was has hideous. happened, Trent? This you, guy was as good as there was in Major League Baseball through June. He was going to be the guy that if the Cubs were not in contention, yeah. that was going to be one home. of the biggest names out there, along mm-hmm. with what we've seen with Scherzer and Verlander. He was going to be another yep. one of those names, an impending free agent, mm-hmm. and the Cubs were going to be able to get rich in terms of prospects if they wanted to. Well, right. they hung around. And the buzz leading up to the All-Star break, Stroman has to start. Uh-huh. He's got to be the guy. Yeah. Three yeah. innings last night. Six hits, yep. six runs, yep. two strikeouts, two walks. How many pitches? I uh, don't have it here. Uh, I got his game on. Um, uh, 71. 85-99 his last three. He has not got out of the fourth inning in his last three starts. Three and a third against the White Sox. Three and two-thirds against the Cardinals. Had a good start against the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Right out of the All-Star break. Against Milwaukee, terrible. Against Cleveland, Ju- July 1st, terrible. Five and two-thirds, five runs given up in that one. What did you say his ERA was? 9-11 in the month of July. That's hideous. And yet, with all that, Boy, I thought the Cubs were going to get him last I night. They're going to come back too. It just—it had yep. that feeling, it didn't did. it? It yeah, was going to be a special night mm-hmm. in Wrigley Field, and I was there. I was on the edge of my seat. I was so into that—the eighth, seventh, eighth inning—that this team was going to come back, and this was going to be after the eight-game winning streak came to an end on Sunday. All right, mm-hmm. but they're going to come back here against the first-place Reds. They're going to get this and that momentum. And boy, just feeling the crowd. Yeah. Didn't it have that energy it did. last night? I thought night. they were coming back. I'm with during you. the late innings. It had. Not quite a playoff field, but it was as good as you're going to find in July. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. That was a great environment last night, and just everybody on their edge of their seat. and Couldn't pull it off. Couldn't get that last one across. No, couldn't pull it off. Uh, baseball, I love this time of year. I've mm-hmm. said it a million times. It's just kind of that lazy summer night, right, yeah. where you just tune in a ball game. And I just kicked back and watched the damn thing. I watched my Blue Jays. I'm sick to my stomach when Bo Bichette snapped one off. Um, don't know what it is. There's been nothing, at least that I've seen on Twitter. He's their best player. He's yeah. their best player. Springer's awful. Springer's terrible. Uh, Bichette, how does that happen? I have no idea. Uh, how does Guerrero forget to hit home runs? Right. Other than when he's in the home run derby. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's the only thing I guess he cares about. I don't know. Uh, I don't think. Now you know what? I don't believe that's the case. I shouldn't have said that. I was stupid. He wants to win. But good God. Well, I was happy about it because I was on the O's last night. I saw, yeah, I remember you making that play. Yes. Remember you making that play. And though I like Bassett, I just this Orioles team, they have made me so much money. There's no doubt. That has been the most profitable team for me this year. The, the Orioles have? Oh, there's no doubt about it. They are uh, a wonderful story in baseball. And you know what? There's the thing. they got a bunch of dudes that aren't even in the show yet. Yes. When you finish last for a decade, <laughs> essentially they did, uh-huh. you get a lot of high draft picks. And once those draft picks get a little bit of seasoning and they work their way through the minor leagues and they get to the big leagues, this is what you're seeing now. And it's just one after another. If they get a starting pitcher... Mm-hmm. And we're what six hours away, whatever it is, five and a half uh, from the uh, trade deadline coming to a close. They need a starter. I'm sure they're kicking the tires on Verlander. 
um, whose contract it's guaranteed next year. Then if he pitches, what, 140-something innings, I think. Then 2025 is guaranteed. By that time, he'll be well into his 40s. Um, I don't know. I have a question for you, and I don't know if you know the answer for sure, but seeing the money that Cohen, as he's just been throwing it out, Mm -hmm. like it's a parade, it's ticker tape, and he's just tossing that money around. When you send a player and the money, does that go against your tax? Oh, I'm sure it does because would, you because yeah you um you bought it in the first place, so that's what you're taxed on. I would think that that has is to the, be the case, right? When yeah. you get up to that luxury tax right. threshold, yeah. that that has to be a part of it too. Mm-hmm. Because if not, you just trade off these guys, send the money with them. Right. Who cares? It's just money. I'm going to make more of it. When you're a billionaire like him, he, as we've seen, it's not a big deal to him. If that would make it a little bit easier to keep moving on and keep trading away these guys and knowing, hey, now we're not at that tax threshold anymore. Mm-hmm. We can go out and spend even more right. if we want to. But I think you're right. That's probably not the case. Maybe Brian Walton can help us out because they got their own fire sale happening. Do what what is, is not nailed down that they need to move on from? The the, the Cardinals? Yeah. Uh, Mosellock? <laughs> He's You're had ready. plenty of opportunities. We've had so many Cardinal fans that have checked in mm-hmm. to us on, on our Twitter page at Miller and Condon, just bringing up not just what has happened and what's gone south with some of the prospects that haven't hit, but free agency almost across the board. Right. It has been And brutal. it's not like that they've spent like drunken sailors year after year mm-hmm. after year, and maybe they need to, I mean, I don't know. Um, Ali Marmal, is he the answer? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you look at this team, and I don't know, it's, it's not just you and I. I mean, the, the baseball, people that like baseball missed on the Cardinals this year. I mean, I, uh, Matt Snyder, he picked the Brewers, but he didn't pick Cardinals finish last. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. And that's where we're at right now. This is just, this is as um, disappointing a season, um, certainly in baseball. I mean, the Mets are in the conversation. Yeah. Padres are in the conversation. But the Mets, I don't think, for, by the, for the most part, were picked to win the East. Well, and we could see this happening with the Mets. This is an older roster, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you go out and you're putting so much 40, money... A couple of 40-year-olds right. ahead of your top of your rotation. You could definitely play out this scenario that plays out this way. You could see that happening. The Padres, though they made the run last year to the NLCS, it was still a fight mm-hmm. just to get into the playoffs a year ago. And there's always been something just off with that team. This, I think it's the city of San Diego, Trent. You keep trying to warn me. <laughs> right. And though the Chargers aren't there anymore, they I got know. the stench. They do. They have the stench that followed but them up they've, they've, They're getting Fernando Tatis mm-hmm. back. Soto's there for a full year, dot, dot, dot. Machado's Machado. This, this, is, this team is ready and they're loaded for bear. But they weren't picked to win their division. No. The Mets weren't picked to win their division. The Cardinals were. Yeah. You know, consensus-wise. I would love to go back and look at like the baseball prospectus preseason mm-hmm. projections and how high their odds were to win the division. I mean, it had to be north of 50%, I'd guess. They were the number one betting price, right, in terms of division. Oh, to lay, sure, had to be. You had to lay the highest odds, yeah, I think, with them to, to win the division coming into the year. And here we are, mm. last place for St. Louis. It's unbelievable. And that's music to the ears of Cubs fans. <laughs> Who are in a fight, but boy, oh boy, they've got uh, Cincinnati in town for three more, and then here come the Braves. So this is sink or swim, right? This is. Yeah. Oh, you know what this is? Maybe not sink or swim. Tread water. If you get through around. this, yeah. maybe you know. Maybe you're one game below 500, but you got to win a couple against Cincy. 
you got to take you know win a couple against the Braves or vice versa, win one against Cincy. You got to win three or four of these games if you can, just to you know tread water and remain into it. Because I can't see. I mean, Cincinnati. This team is good. Yes, they are good. Don't throw it real well, but no, they got. I mean, they got some deficiencies, but the uh, the, the Reds youth, buy anything? Did they? I haven't seen. Not to go out and get Dylan Cease or go out and get. You know, a name well, like that. Well, they could certainly use a starter as well. Right, but another starter, I know that Hunter Green's coming back. Mm-hmm. Another one of their starters is Downs coming back. I, I understand that, but you can get a nice, solid veteran, a guy that you slide in there. Maybe he's your number four come playoff time if those both those guys are back and pitching at a high level. I think that would make a whole lot of sense. Offensively, they're going to be fine. Yeah, That team can swing it. They can. Saw it last night. Saw it over the weekend in L.A. as well. All right, 11.25. We'll take our time out. Come back. Brian Walton is going to join us. What's he hearing about those red birds? Uh, he will join us next with that. See, I heard that they were in the market for, what's his name in, in Seattle? Logan uh, Logan Jones. Um, they wanted to bring him into St. Louis. They wanted to acquire starting pitching from the Mariners. Logan Gilbert? Is that who it is, Logan Gilbert? Yeah. Logan, Logan something. They yeah. wanted they wanted to bring him over. Um, I don't know. It has not worked out well. Brian no. Walton on the Cardinals next. Miller and Condon underway on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Visit 1-800-BETS-OFF. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, just past 11.30. Welcome back, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Coming up in, well, now less than 20 minutes, Mitch Holtz is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Today's training camp spotlight player uh, is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, We've got some sound from Mahomes. Mitch talked to him. He will share what led up to that conversation, what transpired since, etc. His daily segment uh, here on Miller and Condon throughout the month of August. Right now, Brian Walton joins us. He covers the Cardinals, thecardinalnation.com. They've started to be active on uh, Sunday with really uh, a really eventful couple of hours Sunday afternoon during the finale of the Cubs Cards four-game set. And now five and a half hours left into the trade deadline, Brian Georges. Brian Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you, Brian Walton? I'm doing great. Like everybody else, I'm kind of waiting to see what the next few hours hold. Yeah, it's it's going to be. Um, I, I think um, I think they'll be as busy as anybody. Certainly, we're seeing. And maybe it's where we sit here in the Midwest, but boy, we're seeing a lot of uh, cardinal chatter out there. One name that we're not going to hear, I don't think, is Arnado. Made that pretty clear. Uh, but Goldschmidt, um, I haven't heard a definitive. No, he's not moving. Obviously, if you want to bring back, you know, something that is going to be uh, ready 2024 next year, be right ready to join the team and take a spot. Let's say up in that rotation, you got to give up something to get one, the, one or two of those type of players. Is Goldschmidt uh, available uh, right now? Do you think? Absolutely not. No. No. Uh, John Mozeliak was quoted on KMOX radio day before yesterday, and he was asked specifically asked the question, now that you've clarified the stats with Arenado, does that include Goldschmidt? Is he not tradable? And Mozeliak said yes. So then Fox Sports, after that, came out. Fox Sports writes this story and says, Goldschmidt's available, and everybody goes off <laughs> to crazy land, just like they did with Arenado. Yeah. That's not happening. The Cardinals are not rebuilding. They are going to try to nibble around the edges but not affect their core players. So you, the guys that are on the trade block, or at least under discussion, are the guys that are going to become free agents. Of course, we already saw Montgomery and Hicks and Stratton mm-hmm. go, but Flaherty and DeYoung are in that same category. But they've also got redundancies on the infield 
And in the outfield, in outfield, they've got guys like Burleson and Dylan Carlson that may have some appeal to other teams. So, you know, they're going to have to include some hitters probably to get some decent players in return. The guys they got so far, you know, are guys, double-A type of pitchers. You know, not anybody that's going to, you know, knock your socks off. But one guy, though, the T.K. Roby, the 21-year-old, looks like he has potential, you know, good rotation potential. But he's had elbow injuries. He's out with a shoulder injury now. So, you know, you have to take some guys with some risk and hope for the best it's a fire sale not a fire sale everything that's not nailed down outside of the stars is going to be available what do you expect here over the next few hours now again you know I, they're not going to trade the core players the gormans uh jordan walkers uh you know they're just not going to you know give up those guys because they they know that they're the core of the offense going forward and the guys that go to Arenado, while you know, Ken is very articulate about the benefit that that could provide. The Cardinals want to put 3 million fans in the seats. They want fans to think that they're going to be in contention again next year. And you trade away those cornerstone players, and it spells multiple-year rebuilding, and the Cardinals don't want to do that. Hmm. It, what, why is it? Is because I know that they think of themselves as kind of small market. They're not. I mean, you know, there are three, there are three million fans uh, every single year uh, at Bush Stadium. Why do they, you know, not take a, a step back for a year? The Card- Cardinal fans wouldn't uh, wouldn't welcome that or wouldn't um, you know embrace that. Well, they haven't needed to yet, Ken. I mean, they've consistently made the playoffs mm-hmm. and in a weak division. And that's an important factor to remember. You know, if the Cardinals were in the American League East, it would be a different story because they would be an also-ran. But the thought was the Cardinals, and you know, on paper coming into this year, were going to be a division winner. Yeah. And, you know, everything, everything fell apart. So, you know, you want to look at a period of, of consistent losing before you say, hey, let's blow it up and start over again. I think, I mean, we're at the, you know, the the – prime area of Arenado's career, Goldschmidt is kind of at the end, but still, I mean, he was MVP last year for Pete's sake. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you want to put guys around them that you have a chance to win a championship. If you send those guys away, you're sending a signal, you know, check back with us in three to five years, and the Cardinals don't want to do that. So when you're talking about these prospects, how many are you looking for, those high-end guys, but they're still down in single A. They're still three, four, maybe five years away from making it up to the majors. And then that next tier. You love to get the double-A guys with the high upside, the 21, 22-year-olds. And then that next tier, the guys that maybe are 24, 25, they're in triple-A, maybe haven't quite hit yet. When you're looking at packages that the Cardinals are going to get, what's the most realistic of what they're targeting here? Do they believe this can be a quick turnaround? Well, of the four pitchers that they picked up already, three are 21 and one is 22. And the 22-year-old was a guy that, frankly, had, had slid last year and then, you know, has put it together this season, apparently. And so, you know, they're getting young, young guys with upside. And two of them, they've dropped into, they're going to drop into the AAA rotation and see if they can sink or swim, I guess. Uh, the others are going to, to uh, AA. But, uh, you know, the Cardinals ideally want guys that will be able to contribute in the major league rotation next year. The problem is... Those guys aren't guys that a lot of organizations want to give up right now, especially teams that are contending. So, you know, it's hard to find a perfect match. But, you know, the other teams know that, hey, you know, Jack Flaherty, if he doesn't get traded today, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So, you know, there's definitely a benefit for both sides to try to come up with deals for these impending free agents. Is, is Newt Bar available? I don't think so. I think they really, really like Newt Bar a lot. Uh, he can play center field. They don't have a center fielder. Tommy Edmonds has been playing center field. Uh, and I think Newt Bar is another guy that they're going to want to hold on to unless they get completely blown away. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think he's 
you know, at the top tier as, as Goldschmidt and Arnado, but, you know, you might put him with the, the Walker and Gorman guys as guys they don't want to, you know, deal. So two outfielders that look like they're certainly targeted in O'Neill and Carlson. I brought this up yesterday during the show. You're told, you get the phone call, Mazalak says, all right, Brian, I need your input. We're getting rid of one of these guys, and we got a good package for both of them. Who are you more willing to part with at this time? You know, I, <laughs> the answer is, believe it or not, Tyler O'Neill. And the reason why is because he had one spectacular year. Now, granted, you know, it's back like when Jack Flaherty had a great year. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, Tyler O'Neill has shown if he is healthy, he can be a top five MVP kind of player. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Dylan Carlson has been a solid player, uh, better defensively than offensively, but he's never really reach that potential. And it may be for his sake, Dylan Carlson, you know, can achieve that somewhere else. When the card, I mean, we all saw the all-star game just a few weeks ago and the home run derby and the two guys battling it out for the home run derby were a Rosarena and Garcia, two young outfielders yep. the Cardinals gave up on who are now a couple of the best guys, you know, outfielders in baseball. So the Cardinals want to be careful. I think with Tyler O'Neill to not let somebody get away who is going to, you know, backfire on them later. You know, it wasn't too long ago, Brian, within the last week, maybe 10 days that, that I was seeing uh, reading rumors about Logan Gilbert coming from Seattle, that the Cardinals were going to be uh, make make a major push for Logan Gilbert. That seemed like they were, you know, maybe they were willing to give up some of their guys. Although I think the Mariners are in sell mode as well, but they wanted to buy one of the Mariners' starting pitching. Did you see that? Yes, I saw that rumor. I don't know how credible it was. Uh, Gilbert, for the record, Gilbert is still with the Mariners, so there's a possibility. Yeah. They did trade. I did see the, the Mariners traded their closer, Paul Seawall, to Arizona. So it appears that, you know, they are in sell mode. And, you know, you don't want to rule anything out yet with, the uh, you know, five hours till the trade deadline's uh, done. So, because you, obviously you're going to have to rebuild that staff for next year, that starting staff, right? Because Wainwright's not going to be there. Flaherty potentially not going to be there. Matz has got some years left, correct, on his deal? Yes, he has two more years after this year, and, you know, he, he probably uh, three months ago, you know, or two months ago, he could have had him for a song. Right. Pulled out of the rotation, struggling, scuffling, and for whatever reason, he seems to have figured it out. He's had a couple yep. very, very good starts in a row, but you're right. You know, they've got to get some guys next year that are going to come in and help, but we have to remember, you know, they're not going to remake the whole pitching staff here today. Right. They still have the off season. They have trades and free agency this winter, so, you know, folks... I mean, it's going to be a little rough ride the rest of the year if, if Montgomery and Flaherty are both out of the rotation and without your closer hicks. But, you know, let's face it, the trajectory, the trajectory the Cardinals were on, you know, wasn't going to get them anywhere this year anyway. What do you anticipate the offseason is going to look like? It's not going to be a spending spree because that's not what they're going to do. But free agency, for the most part, has not been kind to this Cardinals team. What's this offseason look like as they're looking to sign guys? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's it's going to be the trade route again. Yeah. Uh, they're going to try to you know they're going to try to work the trade route like they did when they when they uh, uh, picked up Montgomery and uh, uh, I can't think of his name now. Last year, you know, they had they had some good some good pitching that was available that wasn't too high priced. But as you said, that can backfire as well. I mean, when they did spend money, you know, they got Andrew Miller and Brett mm-hmm. Cecil, relievers that you know cost a lot of money and didn't come through. And, uh, you know, they've had trouble with starters in the past, too, with Mike Leake and, and others. So, you know, the Cardinals take their risk when they, they stay in the middle of the market and they don't go after the Otanis and the, the Verlanders and, and DeGroms, et cetera, when they become available. Has the second, uh, I guess, half, as, as far as the start of it, is it going better for Wilson Contreras than it did at the beginning of the year? 
Definitely. Contreras is, is back to around his career, you know, average with the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's he's still catching some, not as catching every day, but, you know, all that fear seems to have died down a little bit. Uh, Andrew Kisner, his reserve, top reserve, has played well, and they've also got Yvonne Herrera, uh, who's been tearing it up in the minor leagues. And so, you know, they're going to have to figure out that's one area that they could either trade from or try to figure out something in the offseason. I don't know if Contreras is tradable or if the Cardinals want to admit they made a mistake at this point, but certainly that's something that I wouldn't be surprised to see some more chatter about in the offseason. Uh, and last thing, and it's a selfish question for you, for me, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Hicks is a Blue Jay. Obviously, he can throw it over 100 miles an hour. I know that he's a free agent and the Cardinals. Uh, they had discussions, didn't get anywhere. Not sure what that means as far as Hicks. Does he have a preferred destination or whatever? But what are the Blue Jays getting in Jordan Hicks? Well, you know, there's two different Jordan Hicks, right? The guy we saw earlier in the season, you know, maddingly came up and threw balls, walked the first guy, walked the second guy, then got himself in deep trouble. Well, here over the last month or six weeks, you know, we've seen the Hicks of old. He's still throwing 103, but he's getting guys out consistently. And the Cardinals sold high on Jordan Hicks. There's no doubt about it. The talks were, you know, hey, Jordan, do you want to sign a multi-year deal, probably at a discount compared to what the market, you know, would would give you in the offseason? Hicks said no. Now, the downside of this is that, the Blue Jays have a very good closer in yeah, Jordan Romano. It's not like it's not like Hicks is going to come in and be the ninth inning guy. So when he's hit, potentially hits the market again as a free agent this fall, I would think Jordan Hicks is going to look for a place where the team tells him, hey, Jordan, we want you to be our guy in the ninth. Mm-hmm. And who knows? That could be the Cardinals. The Cardinals might come back around to him. Mm-hmm. It's not crazy. Hmm. Yeah, Romano's out for now, but uh, you're 100% right. Uh, I mean, this is an all-star uh, in Romano. Uh, he's a good player. Uh, Brian, thanks for doing this for us. I think it's going to be um, a very active next five hours. CardinalNation.com will have you covered. Uh, the CardinalNation.com. Uh, Brian, thanks for popping on. Appreciate it as always, Brian Walton. Thank you. Take care. Good to talk to you. Brian Walton, as we check in on those Redbirds. Well... Flaherty gone, so Mikeless will be back. Mats will be back. Libertor will be back. They got to do something. I mean, this is going to be a um, an active off season, I would think, for those Redbirds. And as you've said, their history it's with. I mean, look at the the latest one they signed last year was Wilson Contreras. Hideous it hasn't worked out. I mean, he, Brian's right. He's now back up to his you know his uh, lifetime batting average. I think he was like two forties or something. Uh, when I saw him over the weekend, but um, it's about where he was with the Cubs. But he's not catching. He's a catcher that can't catch. Not often. Not often. He's a backup catcher. He's a backup catcher. Good bat, got a little pop. Mm-hmm. But this guy, what did he get, a five-year deal? Yeah, his uh, his contract runs full through 2027, Jesus. and then there's a uh, $5 million, I think, player option for 2028, and they can buy him out of that for $5 million. But he's owed $18 million next year. Eighteen million and twenty-five. Eighteen million and twenty-six. Eighteen and a half million <laughs> in two thousand twenty-seven. Yeesh. Maybe the Cardinals should stop going after Cubs free agents. Because Dexter Fowler didn't work very well. Yeah, I'll say. Boy, the Cubs got the best out of Dexter Fowler, didn't yes, they? Yes, they did. And where did he end collapsed. up? L.A. Is that where it was at the was end? He, maybe I'm thinking Jason Hayward. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Hayward was there. Where did Fowler end up? I know he ended up last week. Was at Wrigley Field doing the seventh inning stretch? Oh yeah. Good stuff. All right, Mitch Holtis. We're going to get to him right on time. In fact, maybe a little bit early. Patrick Mahomes is the focus of today's training camp report with Mitch. You and I are going to be on the road on Thursday, I'm understanding. Yes, we're going to be handing out a trophy. And sadly, we did not win the plate or the trophy this year for the Wimbledon contest. Gave it a shot. 
right down to the wire, and yep. you won. I money, did. I did. But you didn't win the contest. No, he made me, uh, Stansbury beat me. I mean, I cashed both of my bets in the final, too, and yeah. Stansbury had some... Uh, he had put some parlays together, and good for him. And he uh, he got me at the wire, so we'll give him the trophy at Whiskey River. Yeah, going to be right up in your neck of the woods. Like it over in Prairie Trail, boy, yeah. that area bank it just explode. And I mean, it's been like that for a while, but my God, don't get up to Ankeny a ton outside of when I'm calling high school games. Uh-huh. But was there back during the winter time? It was my wife's birthday, and we we're uh, doing a tour of homes. It was during Christmas time. Yeah. And you go through and you look at all the rich people's houses and lights, and my wife was all about that. But we stopped to have a drink at Whiskey River and had an appetizer, really good food there. Mm -hmm. And what my wife said, the whiskey, the Jack and Coke was perfect. Hard to screw that one up, I I would think. think, Yeah, yeah. did a pretty good job, and they pulled my tap real well, and my Coors Light tasted (laughs) delicious up there. But they do a really good job, good food, and excited to get out there. 11 to 1, if you're out and about on Thursday We'll be up there. Come hang out with us up at Whiskey River. All right, Miller and Condon back with Mitch Holtz. It's the Voice of the Chiefs is next. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.1. Your side. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Ten minutes before noon. Right on time for Mitch Holtis's daily segment. It's sponsored each and every day by the Donaldsons, our friends that have Papa John's here in Central Iowa. More about that family and that product coming up at the end of our little conversation here. But let's get to them. Hello, Mitch, Trent, and Ken. How are you? Doing well. Uh, we just start pedaling the bike really hard, so we're uh, we're rolling, man. But it's exciting. Every NFL fan, whether they're Chiefs fan or not, you know, wait for this time of year, but we're uh, cranking away. Indeed. Uh, Thursday, the Hall of Fame game, and I don't care if it's preseason or not. I can't wait to just watch and uh, listen to it. Speaking of watch, and we're going to hear from Patrick Mahomes, your conversation, part of it, coming up here in in, uh, just a minute or two. Did you see quarterbacks, and if so, what was your thoughts on the Netflix special? Saw every second of it, and I was... um, you know, that crew was around us all year, but I didn't really notice them. They did an excellent job oh. getting, uh, getting, uh, uh, they were not obtrusive, but still, uh, what I put this on Twitter, Ken, that now the world sees what we see, uh, about every day and just the unicorn that Patrick Mahomes is. Sure, you see the stats. He set the all time NFL record last year in total yards accounted for two time MVP two-time Super Bowl champion MVP, uh, but it's way beyond the stats with him. That's what I put on Twitter. I said he's almost like a another head coach, another general manager, another offensive coordinator, another quarterback and wide receiver and tight ends coach because that's the way he's wired. Now, we can talk about the great quarterbacks of all time. You can think, well, weren't they all that way? Not like this kid. Not the way he encourages, but also challenges in his intelligence, in his knowledge of, of everything, but he approaches it really in a very unique way. So we've got here, this, this is a full-fledged unicorn that's quarterbacking the Chiefs. You sure do. <laughs> well, uh, set it up here, Mitch and, and Patrick Mahomes, the, the piece, I hadn't had a chance to listen to it before we got on the air today, just hearing from him and, and what you guys talked about setting this one up. Well, let's, let's talk about him because his ability to adjust. And last year, 
uh, he had to account for so losing Tyree Kill. Remember at this time a year mm-hmm. ago, but they thought that she should be yep. uh, dead and gone. I mean, my Tyree partner Kill among them. And, yeah, <laughs> well, he had 170 targets, Tyree Kill, and 21. So what are you going to do to replace those? And then you throw in Demarcus Robinson and and Byron Pringle, and there were others. Well, this year he's got to replace basically the 100 targets to Juju Smith-Schuster, who wasn't um, as productive but uh, was effective. I mean, 78 catches. But Mahomes is on this and has been on this since March. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, really if you look at Watson, Justin Watson, Marquez, uh, Sky, and even KT, they're really all going into their second year uh, within this offense. And even though they've been other places with some of those guys, it's still a whole new offense. So I think those guys, you can see that step they, they've taken. Um, and then integrating the young guys in there uh, with Justin Ross and uh, with Rice and John Ross. I mean, we have so many young receivers that have kind of really added that value um, to that receiving room, and I'm excited for the competition going into training camp. And then the tight ends group and the running back group. What about that in the receiving game? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna make uh, Brett Veach's jobs tough. Um, I mean, we, if you look at the tight end group as a whole, I mean, everybody's been making plays, running backs as well, um, and then getting to add Pac and, and Jarek uh, in, in the mix. I mean, it's going to be a heck of a, a offensive room. Um, and it's going to be a lot of competition, and I think competition brings out greatness, and that's what we're looking for. The question when I followed up with him about the running back and tight end, it's one of the more underrated pieces of winning Super Bowl 57 and one of the big adjustments of losing those 170 targets to Tyreek Hill was the was the additional uh, increase, basically, that doesn't make sense, the increase in productivity in the passing game to the running backs and the other tight ends other than Travis Kelsey. Think of Jarek McKinnon, yeah. uh, nine touchdown receiving uh, and seven uh, in consecutive weeks, which is an all-time NFL record for running backs. So, but he's so smart, you guys, and the way he coaches and encourages and sees it on both sides of the ball. So you asked me about the Netflix series. He's an astronaut. He's an astronaut. <laughs> Mahomes is an astronaut surrounded by uh, NASA scientists. Uh, and you also saw how much he encourages the defense. He just has more of an understanding of the whole team than I think Uh, most quarterbacks, even the great ones, have had in the past. And the fact that he's willing to, you know, not draw plays in the sand, but get get them in front of his head coach and see if there's buy-in from Andy Reid, etc. I mean, he just seemingly, yeah, I know that the Tuesday and they they showed him taking the kids uh, to that, what, farm or whatever it is with the animals. So he does have a family (laughs) life. I appreciate that about him. But he's just, and I'm sure they all are, just programmed differently. It's more than, you know, just showing up, going through practice, coming home, getting ready to play a game. It's hard to turn that off. Uh, and it isn't with him. I just get a feeling his mind never shuts off. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit like Andy Reid in that regard. Like he, I said he's a dolphin. Like he sleeps half brain at a time. But I also saw, Ken, something. Uh, I mean, this spring I was asked to. I was actually, yeah, it was a spring. I was asked to present him in Tyler, Texas. And it wasn't a big media event. It was more him coming home. Mm-hmm. And But I, I have met his inner circle of dudes from – Tyler, Texas, and Lubbock, Texas. And that's also a big part of who and what he is that you did not see in the quarterback series is he stays grounded because these guys around him keep him grounded. He wants to keep these guys. He's picking, kind of choosing the right folks. He's never lost track of Tyler, Texas, and Lubbock, Texas. And I think that's a big part of his success. But his interest and his um, ability to motivate and teach like a coach, 
is what makes him unique. He, he could coach. He could be a general manager. He, that's why his contract, he looks at the entire – he understands the salary cap. Yep. He just made some comments about Chris he Jones. I mean, he's, yep. just, he's just unique. This guy is unselfish. And I know he's hard to play against when you're when you're against him, but it's the West Montooth holding the ladder, of the anchor man, right? I hate you, but I respect you. I mean, you just—he he is such an engaging kid. He's just—I'm telling you—he's he's one of a kind. After uh, practice yesterday, I read a couple of quotes from uh, the defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnola, and he brought up a guy that we won't see, sadly, this year, Nazee Johnson, who tore his ACL, a guy that yeah. he said was earning first-team reps. I mean. Boy, just such a difficult break, mm. and it, again, brings you back to this football and what can happen, and for these young guys just trying to stick, how quickly it can go away. Disappointing start there. It was good to hear Spags will bring him up. Trent, I'm heartsick over it. And and even when you're looking at a punt like Tim Patrick getting hurt, yep. the dude was coming back. He wanted yep. to come back, and now he's hurt again. Well, here's Nazi Johnson, seventh-round pick out of Marshall. Of the Fab Five defensive backs, uh, last year that, that flourished, he was the fifth of the five, but he came on at the end of the year and he was turning into a special team's ace. Think of a Matthew Slater for all those years with New England. He was getting close to that level. And then I see him go down. I was right in front of me. Mm. We had just come inside the storm and he just came down weird on the turf inside. Uh, he came up to, he was the happiest kid, Trent, in this whole camp. Mm. He would come up to me almost daily, like, you seeing it, man? You seen it? I go, Nazi, I'm seeing it. I seen you like climb and soar. I talked to him this spring and summer about it. And then in a instant, in a metapixel, it's just woof, gone. And now he's going to have to try to start all over again. It's, it's, I never get used to a Trent, man. It just, yeah. I'm heartsick over it. Mm, uh, tough segue to Papa John's after that uh, yeah. disappointing news. Uh, but let's talk about the Donaldsons. And lunch is right around the corner. What can we talk about? You guys bringing me on an hour later this year and this much closer to lunch, if I just drop in the middle of it, you know I'm rushing to get something to eat from Papa John's. But they've got this new epic garlic crust uh, that they've got, the large uh, epic garlic crust, just thirteen ninety nine. I want to get the wording just right because I'm going to go get some after I'm done with you. Large garlic epic stuffed crust, uh, just thirteen ninety nine is what they're kind of focusing on in August, but and you know with the Donaldsons, how much they love Central Iowa and what they want to do to contribute to the betterment of lives of all. I, I, I don't kid about it, man. That's the way they're wired. I love those guys. Yeah, there's a lot of give back in that family, no doubt. Yes, uh, what are yes, we, who sir. are we going to hear from tomorrow? Kelsey, let's stay with the stars. <laughs> uh, speaking of unicorns, this is unicorn number two. And uh, I had a chance to corral him and um, get, his, get his thoughts of where he's at right now. Good stuff, Mitch Holtis. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you to the uh, Donaldsons, Papa John's, for making this possible. Have a great day, Mitch. Thank you. See you, boys. Enjoy yep. your pizza. Yes, indeed. Absolutely will. Hour number two coming up. Uh, Big 12 conversation to kick off the hour with Pete Mundo. Cartland College Sports. That's his baby. Talk about that. Pac-12 is meeting now. What does this mean? Might be an eventful day. Maybe it's delayed till the next day. We'll find out from Pete Mundo as we move into the second hour on Miller & Condon. It's 106.3 KXNO.